of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Michael Jones. You can visit me at jonathanjones.tv. Thanks for listening today. I'm talking about something that is uh, very relevant to what is coming up pretty soon as we approach Thanksgiving. Uh, the topic of blessing comes to my mind. In the South, where I was raised and where I live now, it's common to hear phrases as such as bless your heart or, or God has blessed us. Uh, the question I want to answer, though, is this. As a nation, as the United States of America specifically, are we blessed? Or here's a challenge, are we spoiled? Uh, certainly it could be both, or it could be one or the other. As a minister of the gospel, I believe that God has opened my eyes uh, to some of the elements of American Christianity that are perhaps antithetical to the gospel. And my answer to the question, then, is that we are spoiled, Largely, uh, and I use this in an overarching sense, not to uh, say that every single Christian in America is spoiled. Um, so, but the United States of America lives really a sort of spoiled lifestyle, and um, I have four overarching thoughts to support this notion as we approach Thanksgiving and, and considering what it means to be thankful and what we have to be thankful for, which we have a lot. First thing is, the gospel never promises prosperity, but perseverance. A common thought among American Christians is that we have prospered because we have honored God, and this is usually referring to pro a financial prosperity. Now, I would not deny the realm of possibility here, uh, but financial prosperity could also come through evil. We all know uh, situations where evil people have prospered financially and done well. Uh, so it could be unrelated to Christian values. The gospel never promises financial prosperity, and so we shouldn't assume that financial prosperity is the result of honoring God, necessarily. Uh, this thought perpetuates the false idea that God always financially blesses those who honor Him, which that does not always happen. Those blessings can come other ways, and the truth is that we are called to honor God whether we receive anything in return or not, and sometimes we do not. Let's be honest. Uh, what do you say to the missionary that is martyred, that loses his or her life? Um, the gospel presents a message of perseverance and an unwavering joy in Jesus Christ in the face of incredible hardship. Think about people you know who are both rich and poor, and it doesn't take long to realize that we all know many God-honoring people who are poor and many who practice constant evil that are wealthy, and maybe even people we don't know, but people who are maybe celebrities or, or somebody famous that we know of, uh, people who are God-honoring, who are uh, poor, and people who are evil, who are wealthy. Financial gain is not promised for honoring God, and so we shouldn't assume that the United States has been financially blessed solely on the basis of morality. Although many of our founders possessed an incredible zeal for God, our financial prosperity could in fact be coincidental. In other words, the, the two should not be explicitly linked. 
Here's my second thought on the issue of whether or not we are blessed or spoiled, uh, specifically referring to the United States. The United States of America is not God's chosen people. Hear me on that, okay? I commonly hear believers make feeble attempts to apply Old Testament scriptures, which clearly speak of Israel in precise contexts, to the United States. An example is Jeremiah uh, twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. This is written specifically in the context of Israel. It truly is. And when you read that verse, uh, people try to take it and apply it to the United States. And uh, certainly the principles can be, but the verse itself is specific to Israel. The United States is not Never has been, never will be, God's chosen nation. I recently heard someone say that the United States is undeniably the greatest nation in the history of the world, and I would beg to differ regarding the undeniably part of that statement, but let's suppose that's correct, okay? It's certainly because we are not, it's not, it's certainly not because we are God's chosen people. We have never been. And although there are likely many within our great nation who are grafted into the chosen and holy nation of God, we are not God's chosen people. Keeping in mind that we are a nation just like any other in the eyes of God will help us live humbly. I doubt our founders had a prideful existence in mind, especially those who desired to honor God, and there were many among our founders who wanted to honor God. But we who honor God receive the blessing of joy in Christ, not the blessing of financial gain alone that is so shallow. The United States is not God's chosen nation. That's hard for many people to hear, but we are not. The third thought I have on this is that Jesus did not die for the American dream. Uh, I think a shared belief among many American Christians because of our sort of uh, enterprise-level religion that we have. In other words, Christian is no, Christianity in the United States have, is often not a group of people centered around the lordship of Jesus Christ, but it is, in fact, an institution or an enterprise, if you will. Um, many people believe that the American dream is somehow a holy item to aspire to. And we have to remember that Jesus did not die for the American dream, nor does he really even care about the American dream. We should aspire to glorify God the Father through the Son and in the power of the Spirit. And in many ways, an aspiration to the American dream is not only selfish, but antithetical to the gospel that is solely about Jesus Christ and not our comfort and well-being. What if God's plan for your life is to die out of some martyr? What if it is to live in poverty and to serve him faithfully, bringing many to salvation in Christ? Is it so far-fetched to think that it might be? If we live our lives pursuing the American dream and comfort, we have essentially wasted our time here. The last thought I have on this is that it is possible to live a, uh, a, a good, moral, and successful life and still waste it. Um... Here's what I mean by that. Uh, you could raise a family in the church, have a good reputa- reputation among the local community, and achieve great success, and really live a good moral life. But if you are not living a radical life for Christ and doing everything that he precisely wants you to, 
You have wasted your life. This occurs when Christ is sort of thought of as a therapeutic deity who makes us better while we achieve our goals in life, rather than the very point of existence in this life, which is what he is. If we all thought of Christ in the latter way, I believe more radical decisions would be made and more believers would sacrifice a life of comfort for a life of service. American Christianity has become an enterprise and it should have always been a way of life centered around the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus is not the cool person who makes us feel better about our how good our lives are, but he is a radical and life-changing person who calls us to risk our very lives for his sake. If we think uh, of Christ as an important aspect of our lives rather than the very point of our life, we are living spoiled rather than blessed. And I think there are far more people subconsciously living that way than realize it. So here's my conclusion. We passed blessed a long time ago. Hear me on this. In short, American Christianity has become an enterprise largely opposed to the gospel. Our great financial success has in many ways contributed to our spiritual blindness. We think it's all about us when it's not. God certainly gives his people good and perfect gifts, but material rewards are not promised to God's people. So why then do we assume that the United States has received material and financial reward because we have honored God? Our financial gain could be based merely on hard work which is not godliness in and of itself, although I believe as Christians we should be hard workers. Um, the, the truth is that we passed blessed a long time ago, and we have largely been spoiled for quite some time. And again, I'm giving you an overarching picture. This is not specific to every individual Christian. Uh, Listen to this statistic. Our country's churches in the United States control 75% of the global church's wealth, yet our churches in the United States are deteriorating while closed and persecuted countries' churches are rapidly expanding. 75% of the wealth, and we're deteriorating while the difficult countries are expanding the church. What's the difference? It's a genuine faith that doesn't look to God as a genie, but rather as a covenant God who redeems and restores his people. And so as we approach Thanksgiving, it is certainly right. Don't hear what I am not saying. It surely is right to give thanks for the many material possessions and financial gifts he has given us, even as a country. However... We must not neglect to remember that we should honor God irrespective of those material possessions and that our ultimate reason for thanksgiving is his covenant with us, which we in no way deserve. Well, that said, let us give thanks to God. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. This is Jonathan Michael Jones.